Welcome to Champions League week. I haven't got a chance to listen to this before the game I'm referring to takes place, but a little rider um, about this column is that when the FA Cup fandango um, really starts to build up and everybody gets super excited about the the minnows, the Davids against the Goliaths, I have to say I've never been all that fascinated by it. I do remember way back in the 70s when Leeds were supposed to be invincible and they drew Wimbledon and I think Wimbledon with Dickie Guy and Gold drew with them and then maybe even knocked them out. I can't remember. But like year in, year out, all this, and can you believe it, is a team full of butchers and bakers and candlesticks makers. Well, to be honest with you, I couldn't give a fuck because in a couple of weeks, they'll all have moved on. The team won't show again. And right throughout my life, both watching and, and in writing and analysing, it's regularly been the absolute top sides that have fascinated me the most. But there's a middle category. Those, for example, when I began in my career uh, writing or, or broadcasting, Parma had made this astonishing move up the ranks and stayed there for a long time and did great things, including lifting a European trophy. And the club that I'm talking about now fit into that category because when I moved to Spain, they were still... Um, trying to establish themselves as a first division team. They had um, only been purchased by their current owner, I think, three, four years before. And they'd spent the previous part of their existence either in the second division, the third division, or in regional divisions, which could be anything from the fifth to the seventh tier. Now, that doesn't apply at all. And they fascinate me, and I break my rule about cheering for the little guy more regularly because Villarreal have established themselves as not only capable of tipping over the elite, but a brilliantly run, fun, interesting, um, admirable club. And that's why I chose to write this week about their trip to Anfield, the ESPN FC column. And thank you to the Jameses there for allowing me to read this to you. It goes like this. When the Beatles released the Ringo Starr performed Yellow Submarine in August 1966, Liverpool FC were reigning champions of England, had won the FA Cup just a year previously. The seething, swaying, singing cop was already an all-time social phenomenon and, only six days before, the Reds star players Ian Callaghan and Roger Hunt had just won the World Cup with England. On that same day, Villarreal were in Spanish football's fifth tier, a tiny agricultural and fishing town close to the Mediterranean, capacity for a couple of thousand people in their uncovered Madrigal Stadium, which really wasn't much more than a pitch with walls around it. Fernando Reutsch, the Yellow Submarine's visionary president, who in a few days will celebrate 25 years in charge, had then only just turned 19 and Unai Emery, the man who's taken them to Anfield this week, wouldn't see the light of day until 1971. But that maddeningly catchy song from the Revolver album, which went to number one across the world, apart from in Spain, where it was number three, was immediately adopted by the fans and the local media. There's a presumption that because this club has only become world-known over the last 15 or 16 years, the nickname might be a modern creation, not so, not at all. 
Villarreal were on a promotion season which by 1967 would see them wriggle their way back into the third division. And there's a lovely faded black and white photo of a fan banner held up by the first team players of the day which reads, the yellow submarine is advancing at full steam. And now here they are, Los Groguets, the yellows, about to return, as Ringo would put it, to the town where their nickname was born. Whatever the result, it's a journey of magnificence. One which backs up the answer Fernando Reutsch gave me recently when I asked him for just one phrase to sum up his quarter-century reign during which a tiny, lowly, practically village team has become one of Europe's greatest and most admirable clubs. He said, hard work and dreaming big. When Villarreal knocked Juventus out of the Champions League last month, precisely the type of phobic experience which had led La Vecchia Signora and other greedy clubs around Europe to launch their ill-planned, unloved, short-lived Super League project, Reutsch went face-to-face with Juve president Andrea Agnelli and told him that their idea of a closed-shop European League to which clubs like Villarreal weren't to have an automatic right to play in was garbage. Reutsch's message was underlined by Villarreal winning 3-0 in Turin. Davids around the world yelled with glee at seeing another Goliath not only beaten, but thrashed and hopefully taught a lesson in humility. It's Villarreal the club, however, which is the everyman in this story up against a behemoth, not Reutsch himself. This man, like his brother and sister-in-law, is a billionaire. Reutsch's success in ceramics and as part of the family Mercadona supermarket chain has meant that he could purchase Villarreal for just over 400000 in 1997, fund some of their expansion, cope with relegation, invest in an innumerable number of local jobs and then integrate his 24-year-old son Fernando Jr. into the club's board where now, effectively, he's the lead figure. Relegation, from which the club bounced back with rubber ball speed, was the most painful experience for him across this magical quarter century, no doubt. But 2006, the last time the Yellow Submarine reached the Champions League semi-final, was the more iconically painful image. Arsenal beat them 1-0 in London and, at 0-0 in the Madrigal, with short moments remaining, Juan Roman Riquelme failed to convert the penalty, which would have brought extra time and a potential trip to the final in Paris. That, of course, is where this year's showpiece will now be held. But don't ask a man who only believes in hard work and big dreams whether destiny is calling them. Instead, ask him about that night of broken hearts 16 years ago and he'll say, I remember it well. I fell out of my seat, down on my knees. I almost fell over completely. Reaching that semi-final was an incredible success at the time. I felt sad because we didn't achieve our objective. But I always tell Juan Roman when I see him that only those who dare to take penalties can miss them. I couldn't miss it because I didn't take it. And nowadays... Villarreal is much bigger than we were back then. End of quotes. Of course, Reutsch's most iconic success came a year ago against Premier League European behemoths. Although Manchester United were beaten in the Europa League in Dansk, 
Many forget that this remarkable 74-year-old had only just recovered from COVID in time to take his private jet flight from Spain's eastern coast to Poland's most famous Baltic port. Reutsch was told on arrival that his COVID-negative test hadn't been produced early enough to allow him access to the stadium where his team were on the verge of history. So, just hours before kickoff, he turned tail on the spot, made it back to Villarreal and sat alone in his living room watching Geronimo Rulli win the yellow submarine one of the most remarkable penalty shootouts ever and watch his boys, his club, lift a European trophy. The Villarreal president recalls, My sofa was draped with Villarreal flags, placed there by my wife so that I could be surrounded by our colours. I lived through that final by myself because my kids were in Poland, my brother was in Poland, everyone was in Poland. And I watched more or less alone because my wife finds it very tense. She gets stressed more because of her son than because of me, but she does suffer. In the end, I didn't cry. I was very tense and I did cheer. When the match finished, I was yelling. I came out onto the balcony of my house and I was there for two or three minutes, releasing all the nerves, shouting and shouting. Imagine, as another Beatle might say, all that work, all those dreams, but absent from the coronation. The key man to whom Reutsch Sr. owes the dream realisation is Unai Emery. A Basque-born footballer of workmanlike ability, Emery is a good witness to what his boss has achieved. The coach played a handful of matches for Toledo against the old Villarreal, both pre- and post-Reutsch's 1997 purchase, always in the second division. It was an ultra-modest stadium. They trained in a public park or school playing fields. Now, win, lose or draw for Toledo against the old Villarreal, Emery immediately sensed that there was urgency, ambition and grit about this yellow submarine project. Now, after a distinguished coaching career, which he still seems to think might take him back to the Premier League, he's been the one to coach Villarreal to a first significant trophy in their entire history. Originally appointed by Roy Jr. rather than the club's president, these have been two absolutely remarkable seasons with Unai Emery at the helm. To eliminate Arsenal in the semi-final last season, beat United as widely held underdogs, to remain unbeaten throughout that entire Europa League edition and wage absolute toe-to-toe war on European champions Chelsea in Belfast at the start of this season before flirting with Newcastle and nearly departing mid-season That would be enough for most people. Nevertheless, he's now the one, in the Yellow Submarine's real words, ensuring that every one of us has all we need for the Champions League semi-final against the six-time competition winners. Whoever is fit, hopefully Francis Coquelin for this week and Gerard Moreno for next, whatever the tactics, however vital it is for Emery to avoid his last two results at Anfield, losing 5-1 and then 3-1 in charge of Arsenal, you must be sure that his players won't have any dearth of information or analysis. Emery told UEFA recently, there's always a lot of analysis of our opponents so that my players know their rivals 
as much as possible so that we all know how we can be better. In general, if we have an opponent with a bigger budget, better players, more trophies, more success, we, in our best version, competing with our best performance, can beat them. So I always try to give the players more work rather than less, give them more information rather than less, tell them more things rather than less. Then we can have optimistic expectations, but based on a lot of work. You can't be optimistic without a strong foundation of something, meaning work, dedication, knowing ourselves, knowing our opponents. That's where optimistic but realistic confidence comes from. There's no doubt that these are the very elements Emery used the last time he met Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool in Europe, the 2016 Europa League final win in Switzerland, which was one-way traffic for Liverpool for 45 minutes and then a Sevilla steamroller towards victory for the remainder of the match. Viewing, planning, convincing, believing, winning. Just like Reutsch Senior, just like Villarreal these last 25 beautiful years, working hard, dreaming big. And now, this week, back in the town where their nickname was born. As far as the yellow submarine is concerned, it's all ashore. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.